Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast, your go-to source for all things related to living, working, and playing on the East Side. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, managing broker of the Eastside Real Estate Team. Thanks for watching today. If you are watching today, uh, we'd love to see your comments in the comments section here on YouTube and Facebook. Also, too, you can subscribe and smash the where the, the subscribe right over here, this guy right there. Um, hit that subscribe. That way you get alerted when all of our future podcasts are going on. And um, you can definitely listen to this while you're uh, taking care of uh, mowing the lawn on the weekends. Uh, you can use our podcasts uh, through uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and there's countless others. So subscribe and hear my sultry tones while you're taking care of the garbage, maybe, or trimming the bushes or whatever it is. Um, that'd, be, that'd be pretty fun. Um, anyhow, um, we've got a great show for you today. Um, and we're always um, looking for folks who want to share their businesses on the east side. So if you are an east side business and you're proud of what you're doing, please reach out to the east side uh, real estate team. You can just email uh, Dan at the east side real estate team.com and we will get you featured on this podcast. All right. Um, Let's get started with our Real Talk segment. So our Real Talk segment, we are talking about um, renting or selling your house. So there's a lot of people that are getting ready to go ahead and make a transition. And it may be moving to a bigger house. It may be moving across country. It may be moving across town. But they kind of want to know what they should do with their existing house. Does it make financial sense to perhaps rent it or um, does it make more sense to just sell it? And the answer, the short answer is it really depends. Depends on a lot of things. But let's talk about this. What are the options when it comes to uh, moving into another house? What are options are available? There's actually four. Uh, the one is to sell. Two is a rent, a long-term rent. Three is a short-term rent. And then four is a fully furnished rent for... Um, medical professionals. So those are four different things that you can do. And it, they all come with some challenges. So let's start with the sell. Well, a lot of people are talking about how the housing market is stagnated and there's just nobody out there buying. There's record high interest rates. And I have to say, as somebody who just last week, the team listed several homes and we're already in contract, the reality may differ from what you're hearing on the news. I know that sounds really weird, but your reality may differ from what you're hearing on the news. So selling a property may be the right choice, and it really does depend on what you're going to do with that equity, right? Or do you plan on transferring that equity into your new future house? Do you actually need... Uh, and he can share with you about some ideas um, in the event that you wanted to try and keep your home. But... <clears throat> The uh, option number two is a rent. So renting a home is great. I highly recommend you, if you don't already, uh, to buy several rental properties. One of the challenges of renting your primary residence out um, instead of selling it is it may keep you from buying the property that you want. But if you can swing it and it makes sense and you want to do a long-term rental, my old, the two caveats I have for that long-term rental is one, get a property manager and two, make it cash flow. If the property is not cash flowing and you don't have a property manager, it means you become what we call a reluctant landlord. And I know that it could be that you can do everything. And I love that about many people. Matter of fact, my grandfather self-managed all of his properties. 
And I bet they could have done a lot less stress had not doing that because you are the one that has to show up and fix the hot water tank. You are the one that has to fix the heat when it's gone. You are the one that has to patch the ceiling or the walls when the new renters go out. So self-management can kind of suck. The cool thing about having somebody help you manage that home is they stand in the gap for you and take the liability. They know their rights, your rights rather, and they know their tenants' rights. So they can guide you and advise you for a fraction of the profits. It's really fairly reasonable. So next comes uh, short-term rentals. These are extremely popular because it creates a higher level of cash flow. Um, certainly, I would say the biggest challenge of short-term rentals, and we're talking Airbnb, HomeAway, um, I call it VRBO, but people call it Verbo. I don't know. I always called it VRBO, Vacation Rental by Owner, Verbo. Um, but you every three to four days, you actually have to get in there and do the uh, cleaning of the house. You have to deal with something that's broken, items that are missing, plates, cups, glasses, coffee makers, uh, wine keys. Don't forget the wine keys. People want to have wine. And if there's no wine key, how do they open their bottle of wine? Um, so there's a lot to it. But here's the thing is an industry has sprung up of what we call super hosts that you can hire to do that. So I can put you in touch. We've actually had uh, one on our uh, podcast in the past that if you are interested, just give us a call and we will connect you with our super host. And then uh, the last one is new to me and I don't quite know how it works, but I do know it's more of a periodic tenancy, meaning three months, four months, six months at a time. And these are traveling nurses. A lot of the times they come into the area, they need a place fully furnished. Um, and they need to be there for a time. And they actually, uh, the organizations that hire them pay for that, um, those accommodations. And generally speaking, it's going to be much higher than a, um, it's going to be much higher than a, uh, a, a renter, a long-term renter, maybe lower than a seasonal uh, Airbnb renter. So as you traverse the options available to you, uh, the, the Eastside real estate team and myself are here to help you determine what would be the most profitable and equitable use of your equity in your house. Sell the home, rent the home, short-term rent the home, or uh, rent as medical professionals. Those could be your options. I would love to talk more about your decision and, and help guide you in that direction. So uh, if you're interested, reach out to the Eastside Real Estate team. Um, all right. Uh, like I said, we're looking for future guests. Here's an, um, our commercial before we get to our uh, mortgage moment. Our commercial is from one of our past guests. So if you want to be a past guest, this is what you get. So come back after a short break. We're going to welcome Tucker back on the show. The pest stops here. Green City Pest Control is your full service pest solution for all your pest control needs. With an owner with 32 years experience, a board certified entomologist and rodent specialist, we do it all. Bats to rats, crawl space, or attic. Call us and we will resolve your problem. 425-413-9700. Welcome back to the show. I am joined with our guest, Tucker Maxwell of Guild Mortgage. Uh, uh, Tucker, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dan. Thanks. How are you? We took a little break here. I myself took a vacation. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, just enjoying the Pacific Northwest, getting outside. I actually ran Ragnar this past weekend, so I did the Northwest Passage about 200-ish miles from Blaine, Washington to Langley, Washington on Whidbey Island. You're crazy. Was somebody chasing you? 
Uh, yeah, it felt like it. Um, but yeah, uh, nope. A team of 10 people, uh, so myself and nine others, we we made the trek and we completed it in just over about uh, 30-ish hours or so. Awesome. Congratulations. That's an awesome, uh, awesome uh, uh, feat of strength by you. Um, I noticed your, your shirt it says USA. Yeah, uh, Women's World Cup. So the U.S. women's team is in the World Cup, and they play tomorrow night. So we are we're back in. So go USA. Go USA. Oh, my gosh. I feel like a horrible American for not knowing that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. All it's right. It's also July. So I follow football, and I follow rugby. I don't follow soccer as much as I should or football, as the rest of the world calls it. All right. So let's talk. I, before we get into your main topic, which is myths about down payment, I just want to kind of circle back to the uh, – the conversation uh, that was being let that I was talking to myself, my my followers out there about um, justifying holding on to as a rental versus buying. So maybe you can speak to somebody in a predicament wondering, should they hold on to their house? Should they refi? Are there other programs, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And this dovetails perfectly with the conversation. And so the, the idea of keeping the home and turning it into a rental is a fantastic idea. And what I always talk about when anybody comes to me and they're thinking about buying their next property and they currently own a home, the first thing I do is say, can we qualify for the new home without selling that home? Especially with the, the interest rates that these people have on these homes, they're probably better than we will ever see again. And so you mentioned cash flow and the opportunity for cash flow. Now is the best time ever to try to convert that existing home, whether it has a mortgage or not, into a rental and have a cash flow. So that's the first thing I say is, um, do we need to sell? Like, do you have no other funds for down payment? Or can we possibly adjust what you were thinking of doing on this new purchase? to be able to preserve and keep that home and expand your real estate portfolio. Yeah. If I can interject what you said there is I love like, like even if they don't have a mortgage on it, because there's an opportunity there too, right. In order to pull some equity out for a down payment on the other one is um, you know, the, the quickest pathway to wealth is through uh, home ownership. And um, you know, there's, there are people that do what house hack, right? Seven years yeah. in a house and then they move to the next one. I mean, I would challenge the, the house hack and say, well, why not um, hold on to that house, move into the new one, especially if, if the, that house you moved out of is going to cash flow. And I would say you should, you should come up with a number uh, that you're comfortable with cash flow. Uh, my number is 200 to 250 a month cash flow. That's my number. If I can get any piece of real estate that's leveraged in any way and it's streaming me a positive cash flow of 200 to 250, that allows me it, that I, I'm going to say that builds in reserves because I have reserves built into that. That's just my positive gains right there is 250 a month. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. And it might seem like, wow, Dan, 200 to 50, that's a lot of risk. But the appreciation you're getting, like the actual investment there is far greater than just the 200 to 250 times 12 a year. There's the appreciation on the equity position. There's a ton of things. So there's appreciation the and depreciation, depreciation that you exactly. can deduct. Um, yeah. and, and really, when uh, um, your 10 year old you, 10 year now from you, you will thank you for doing it. Because it's not, it's not the, it's not next month. It's not the, oh, my tax returns. Look at all that. You know, I made 250 times 12, which is not much. Right. But 10 yeah. years from now, when it's really pounding down the principal, 
uh, th then you, you'll see, and the equity has increased, you'll be able to then take those two investment or one investment property, turn it into two or three, and off you go. So let's talk about the myths with regards to down payments. Um, is 20% required? Yeah, so I, I think this this dovetails perfectly because a lot of those people are like, no, I have to sell so I can put down 20%. I can't buy with 20%. But the reality is there's there's home loans available with as little as 3% down, 5% uh, down if you've owned a home before. Um, so great programs available with very little out of pocket. And for first time home buyers, we can get them into a home with zero down. Like there are programs out there that will actually cover the down payment for those buyers. Okay. So, so the urban myth of 20% that that's really not true. Where, where did that come from though? There, there is a reason behind it. it. It all stems from private mortgage insurance and people are really apprehensive. They think mortgage insurance is kind of the end of the world and mortgage insurance is what protects a lender from a client defaulting. And if we can't sell the home for what we've lend, lended, we need to have some protection there. So as a lending in industry, we require across the board, that you carry private mortgage insurance until you have 20% equity in the home. So that's where that 20% comes from because there's a lot of schools of thought, a lot of people out there that say, oh, PMI is bad. Don't pay private mortgage insurance. It's not a good investment. Well, the reality is, is let's think about our home prices here on the east side. What does that 20% look like and how long would it take? You know, think of a millennial that is earning record wages, right? Millennials are, are earning more than any other generation ever. Um, but still, it takes a long time to get to 20% of our average uh, purchase price here. And the longer it takes to get there, that purchase price is going to keep going up. And so you're, you're going after a moving target. When in reality, buy now, pay the private mortgage insurance and let equity work for you. And you will have far out, you know, done the, the, uh, the investment versus trying to save for 20% because it's a moving target. You, most people will never get there. We'll never get there. Yeah. Yep. All right. So then based on that, what is the minimum required? Yeah. So I kind of gave this away. So uh, conventional programs today. So not even FHA. A lot of people are, you know, don't even want to look at FHA, but Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, conventional loans now allow somebody to buy with 3% down. So really, technically speaking, on a conventional mortgage, 3% is the minimum. In Washington state and for folks looking to buy in the Seattle area or the east side, the Washington State Housing Finance Commission will cover that 3% down payment for you with a little mini loan that you pay off down the road. So really, technically, there isn't a, a, a set number. It depends on your scenario that we could even get the 3% requirement waived. Okay. So basically, it's it depends, but there's options for everybody. Um, are there some minimum credit score standards? Yeah. So I think that's the other thing that kind of stops people from the buying a home. It's one, they're apprehensive of having enough money. The second thing is what, what what's my credit score need to be? And right now, so specific to each lender, they're going to have minimum requirements, but we go down to as low as 580 credit score, which is, is really attainable for almost everybody. I mean, if you have any credit, um, unless you've you know really damaged it, 580 is a pretty attainable credit score. And then up from there, um, and so I, I just thought that's important to note that if credit is the reason that's holding you back from buying, just start the conversation because you're probably already there. You probably at least have a 580 credit score. Okay. And so um, based on this, uh, um, 
I, I know the answer to this, but what steps should a first time home buyer take to, to prepare to purchase a home? Yeah, I think it's just having a conversation. So one, you know, it's all about financial literacy. So whoever that resource is for them, whether it's a financial advisor, you as a real estate professional, a lender, get with them and have a conversation and let a professional that's in the weeds in the industry going through this kind of start asking questions, you know, tell me about your income. How long have you been employed? How long do you plan to stay in the area? Have you financed anything before? Start having those conversations. And then once you've started to have those conversations, stay in your job, job security or, you know, job longevity in your job is really important. So keep your job. Don't quit. Don't bounce around a lot. Save money. Cash is king. So we want to make sure you have money. So the more money you can set aside, even if we don't need it for down payment and cash to close, it helps you develop a habit of having funds on hand should something break in the home or the things that come along with home ownership. So start saving money um, and really just start start the dialogue. Have a conversation with a professional. Call you, call me, and we can help them really dive into their scenario and put them on a timeline that says if once you do X, Y, and Z, you'll be ready to buy. And that should take 30, 60, 90 days. And then we all know in the fall, you'll be ready to buy and we can have that game plan laid out for them. Okay. So um, one last thing, um, we had mentioned that down payment assistance, like zero down. Um, are, do you, are you aware of any down payment assistant classes that are coming up that people should know about? Or do you do them or? Yeah. So I teach them. I teach uh, uh, just about every Tuesday. I teach a first time home buyer class that provides um, the requirement for down payment assistance because there is a home buyer education requirement for those loans. Um, but on the Washington State Housing Finance Commission website, WSHFC.org, um, there's a link there and there's classes just about every day of the week. Um, they're free. They're on Zoom. You can you know take them from the, the comforts of your own home. Uh, but it's a great first step for a home buyer. Whether they need down payment assistance, I really recommend one of those classes. Okay. Awesome. So there you go. There, there's everything you need to know about down payment and getting you ready, whether you're first time home buyer or not. Tucker, thank you so much. You bet, Dan. Thank you. All right. So I'm just going to close out our show with Tucker here. Um, we appreciate you guys watching. Um, if you have any interested buyers, interested sellers with questions on the housing market, please uh, reach out to either one of us. Um, last but not least, obviously we have a, we have a, a football game, soccer game coming up for the the women's soccer tomorrow. What time yep. is that? Uh, good question. I, I don't have that off hand. Okay, you yeah. can find it. Google it. Um, but um, this weekend we have the Capitol Hill Block Party. It's an annual three-day music festival held in Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Uh, performance genres include R&B, rock, indie, punk, EMD, and many more. Uh, the event starts Friday the 21st through uh, the 23rd. Capitol Hill neighborhood in Washington. So that should be a lot of fun. Get out there. Enjoy the wonderful Pacific Northwest. And if you need a place to live, let us know. We can help. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Dan.